It's V-Week on ESPN as we continue Jim Balvano's fight against cancer. Good morning. It is time to get up with Aaron Rodgers, who is talking about something that would have been unthinkable a month ago. You'll hear what that is. And it has been three years since Lamar Jackson was the unanimous MVP of the league. Has the Ravens got, has the Ravens quarterback gotten better since then? We'll talk about that. And Patrick Mahomes sees red when he sees stripes. Why are the Bengals his kryptonite? And will that change this Sunday? Welcome to Get Up on this Thursday morning. I'm Dan Graziano in for Greeny. And I got a crew. I got half of I got D Wood. We are gonna, we're obviously going to talk a whole bunch of football. We're going to start it off by making some bold predictions looking ahead to week 13 in the NFL. Damian Woody, start us off. Bold prediction for this week. Yeah, how about the Mike White experience going up to Minnesota and throwing for three tutties again this week, going against this Minnesota Vikings defense that, quite honestly, is awful, okay? Mike White, Mike White, the backup, the quote-unquote backup quarterback for the New York Jets continues this uh, ma- this magical run, and, and this, uh, this Jets team goes up to Minnesota and gets the dub this week. All right. Mark, you have a bold prediction. Tua Tungvaluwa is going to come back to earth as I think the Miami Dolphins come back to earth as well. When you talk about going on the road and having facing one of the toughest defenses, mm-hmm. can they take that act on the road? I don't believe so. The next three games for Miami is pivotal as they have to play the Chargers, and then they end up with the Buffalo Bills. Could define their season. Pretty sure the Niners are favored. We're going to have to run that by the committee to see how bold it actually was. Tim Hasselbeck, he messed up the boulder? It's supposed to be bold. The Vikings' pass defense stinks. The Niners are favored to win. How about this? fellas. The Tennessee Titans will upset the Philadelphia Eagles. Like, that's actually a prediction, a bold prediction, and not something that's supposed to happen. Where do you live, Tim? And so, oh, um, <laughs> I mean, listen, the Eagles are one of my former teams. What, what are you talking about? It's one of my former teams. A lot of them, unfortunately. Look, I, the reality, I just think they had a good defense, and I think they're physical enough to do it. So, so far, we have Mike White looking like Tua. We have Bart not being bold enough. And you got called a homer. We're off to a flying start here on Get Up today. And speaking of a start, the Bills and Patriots kick off week 13 tonight in Foxborough. A matchup with massive playoff implications. Buffalo can take a half-game lead over the Dolphins in the AFC East with a win. New England enters one game behind the Jets for the final wild card spot. Now, When we talk about the Bills, we talk about Josh Allen and and their season rests on his shoulders. When he started the season at Caesars Sportsbook, his odds to win MVP were plus 650. They only got better throughout the season after his hot start, peaking at plus 120 after their week eight win against the Packers. That moved the Bills to six and one. But since then, he's slid a little bit, and so have the odds all the way down to 12 to one uh, entering tonight. So, yeah, Allen has had a little bit of a rough go. 14 turnovers tied with Matt Ryan for the most uh, in the NFL. Uh, Ryan, by the way, uh, you can't get MVP odds on him at Caesars. So that's how the Colts season is going. But uh, we're talking about the Bills. Has Josh Allen's season, he came in with such high expectations, Damian. Yeah. Has the season for Josh Allen so far been a disappointment? Um, I, I would say yeah for me because the, the the one memory coming into the season was obviously the divisional game with him and Patrick Mahomes going blow for blow. It was like a you know championship boxing boxing match, and you figured okay after that game Josh Allen was going to take the next step, raises raises game to the next level. 
But unfortunately, the one thing you, you already talked about is the turnovers, right? Yeah. The number one job of the quarterback is to do what? To take care of the football. And what we've seen from Josh Allen over the past few weeks is his propensity to turn the ball over, especially at critical junctions in, in, in the game. So, listen, I think Josh Allen will have an opportunity down the stretch because he's playing basically all the teams in the AFC East, it, which in my opinion is the best division in football. He'll have an opportunity to kind of – you know, raise his stock. But right now, you have, clearly have to say that Josh Allen is a little bit of a disappointment at this point, at this juncture in the season. Part of that is the AFC East record, right? He's already yeah. lost to the Dolphins and the Jets. You agree? No, I don't agree. I mean, I look, listen, he's not Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes is playing so well. If it wasn't a Patrick Mahomes show, he would still be there. He's right there second behind Patrick Mahomes in passing. Yes, the turnovers are concerning, but you talk about MVP, most valuable player. I think he accounts for their, he's their best running back, and you know he's responsible for the air game. So it's a lot more on his shoulders than what's on the shoulders of Patrick Mahomes and a lot of other quarterbacks within the league. They ask him to do so much, put his body at risk. He's playing injured. We know that probably he should have took some time off with that elbow injury, but he's gutting through. He's fighting through. You saw right there in the Lions game, he did what he had to do to win the game. That's everything an MVP is supposed to be. It's just that Mahomes is playing so well. Remember, early in the season, he beat Patrick Mahomes in the head-to-head. So, I mean, right now, he's still neck and neck, and he still can win it, but he has to finish strong. The other thing is he's been playing with an injury to his throwing arm, right, Tim? Yeah, I don't know any other quarterback that has played with a brace on their throwing arm, like like ever in the history, and he's actually done it twice in his career. You mentioned that he's not Patrick Mahomes. He's re- you're right about that. Like Patrick Mahomes, by the way, last year, first eight games of the season, threw more interceptions than any other player in the National Football League. Like we forget, like sometimes great players have stretches where, like, look, the ball bounces funny, doesn't go their way. They maybe are a little bit too aggressive with the football. That's happened to him at times this year. But like he's still like I, it's not a disappointment for me because he's still in the thick of the MVP yeah. race. He, his team still is probably going to end up winning their division. His team is going to end up in the postseason where, like, we've seen him play really well in the postseason. So I, I just I, – I don't know. I, I look at it for him. I think sometimes our expectations for guys to be absolutely perfect is just unrealistic. Yeah, it kind of champagne problems there in Buffalo, right? right. Obviously, the this, this season's still going pretty well. Yeah. Uh, the other team they're playing tonight, though, I want to hit that real quick, the Patriots. Like, they're trying to get into the playoffs – uh, and, and make a little noise there. What do they have to do to spring the upset tonight? Well, I, I think when I look at – I mean, they have to play great defense. They have to find ways to continue to get turnovers. To me, I look at them offensively, and they still seem disconnected. Like, yeah. you know, there's a lot of talk at the beginning of the year about what that offense would look like. Um, you know, a young quarterback with first-time play caller and honestly not a ton of talent, I don't believe, in the pass catcher position. So, I, I just – I think for them, it's one of those games they have to make it ugly. Yeah, smoke and mirrors, right? Because we know that the Buffalo Bills, you know, give up, you know, I believe, what, six plays on average of drives. I think that's number one in the NFL as far as, you know, teams being able to move the chains. And, you know, that's what you want to do. You want to run the football. You know, they haven't been the same without Hyde and Poirier coming down there, Poirier coming back. They've been able to be ran against. you got to take all the air out of the game and hope that you can, you know, win it late. Well, I mean, listen, everyone wants to talk about, you know, oh, how the Patriots offensively looked last week. But it was against the Minnesota Vikings. That defense against, you know, with the Minnesota Vikings. That might like it. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's, that's right. That's right. It's a whole, it's a totally different animal going up against the Buffalo Bills defense. So all the questions, you know, lie on the Patriots offense side. Was that smoke and mirrors or, or is that same offense going to be able to show out against the Buffalo Bills? I got my questions about that. We do. Let's see. Uh, we, we're going to pick this game. Like, can we put the picks up and see who 
Yeah, that's about what I figured. Uh, everybody's on the Bills. And I think we've kind of discussed why uh, we think they're the better team. And, and the last two times these two teams played, Bills didn't punt in either one of the games. We'll now go to a team that punts a lot. That's the Green Bay Packers. Uh, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers are 4-8, and eight, headed to Chicago on Sunday. They finally get a bye next week, but they got to take care of the Bears first. And Rodgers, nursing thumb and rib injuries, uh, talked yesterday about the possibility of waving the white flag if that time should come. Look, I'd, I'd love to finish the season out, and, um, but I understand, you know, this is a business, and you know, there's a lot of us kind of older guys uh, who, you know, play a decent amount or they might want to see some younger guys play. So, you know, hopefully we don't have to have that conversation. But if that conversation comes up, you know, I'll approach that with an open mind and, and uh, you know, without any bitterness or resentment. You know, obviously, like I said, I want to win out. And, but, you know, I, I understand if we don't, that that's a possibility to have that conversation. You lose them like you get them. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? He got his opportunity because Brett Favre was there, was disappointed, and now it seems like history can repeat itself. And I think, you know, the Green Bay Packers would do themselves a disservice if they don't see what they have in Jordan Love. I know mathematically the Green Bay Packers aren't out of the race, but come on, we know that they're barbecue chicken. So it's time to start evaluating for the future. And I think Aaron Rodgers, when he went on McAfee's show, saying, hey, he wants to play all the tests came back, I think that's the ego in him saying, listen, I'm not about to let this young dude get up out there with the same weapons I have and show up and show out. And then we have to have a real conversation, and the organization has to have a real discussion about, hey, man, what do we do going forward? Do we maybe talk or and approach Aaron Rodgers about maybe trading him and starting the future now? Because, listen, moving on from a great quarterback is never pretty, right? We watch, we watch you know, um, the Steelers struggle in recent history with moving on from a great quarterback. But it has to happen. And as a general manager, your responsibility is not just about the present, it's about the future. You can't let Jordan Love go four years and don't know if he can play football or not, especially within a year when the season is over. I mean, listen, the fact that the Green Bay Packers already told you, like, they traded up for Jordan Love. They did. They traded up. This man is in his third year, and we still have no clue if this man is, is even the future of the Green Bay Packers. Green Bay is not going anywhere. I don't math, math. I don't care what type of arithmetic we're talking about. They're not going, they're not going anywhere this year. And at some point, and this actually would give the Green Bay Packers an out to see if Jordan Love is the guy. You mean the injuries would? Yes, the injuries right. to Aaron Rodgers is the perfect out for Green Bay to see if Jordan Love is a guy moving forward. Because they can't, I mean, they can't sit there and say, oh, we're not going to make, I mean, as long as they're mathematically right. alive, we can say that. Right, But right. they can't, right? So they have to continue to play as hard as they can. But here's the thing. They drafted him in the first round. Uh, they, they traded they up moved to trade up, him. right. But a lot has happened since then. Yeah, he's, Aaron Rodgers won two MVPs. Yeah. Since they okay. drafted. Listen, well, what just because they got happen? that wrong doesn't mean they have to get something else wrong, too. Like, here's my, like, my question is, like, why is everyone in such a race to run Aaron Rodgers off? Because he's got a broken thumb and had a bad year? Like, and so all of a sudden we're like, hey, get him out so we can find out of Jordan Love, who, by the way, has started and played a game before. Didn't look that's, great, okay? But like I said, a game, a game. And it, it wasn't great, right? And so he started and played a game. And like, now all of a sudden, like, hey, we got to find out if Jordan Love can play. So the guy that won the MVP last year, we can ship him off. Let me ask you guys something. Mm -hmm. Wait, what do you think of Nathaniel Hackett? Pretty good or no? Not great, right? No, not great. Not great. What do you think of Nathaniel Hackett? <laughs> not great for not great, not great. Okay, you Aaron Rodgers, too? Aaron Rodgers with Nathaniel Hackett uh, as his offensive coordinator, 111 really? touchdowns. 
touchdowns. Was he really? He didn't call a play. He didn't call a play. Listen to that ratio, okay? Listen to that ratio. He wasn't a play caller. Well, looks like you guys are like, okay. He wasn't the play caller. He got a head coaching job for coaching in Green Bay with him. So, like, so did Charlie the, the, Weiss. So what I'm saying is this. The reality is, is the guy is not far from being an MVP. Like, I don't understand why we're trying to but, run him out of the building. You know what? Can the Packers win a Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers, their quarterback, next year? Maybe. 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 Can they with Jordan Love? Nope. Maybe in a couple of years. It's, it's about the long game. Like, you don't even, know if, Aaron Rod- long, don't even know if Aaron Rodgers wants to play anymore. I, I, that's the key he, to me, Is he right? walking away from $60 million? That, that's, that's the trick to me, right? Like, And he's talking he's, about this. He's not walking away from he, he can walk in one of these TV games and get $300 million. <laughs> right. So that's the thing, right? You've got to get an answer from Aaron Rodgers. Are we going to be able to count on you coming back next year? And if he says no or I don't know, then I think you have to take a look at Jordan Love. But if he's coming back, then – what? I mean, are you, are you picking is, him as one of the favorites if he comes back? Because they didn't do anything with Rodgers. the NFC. Listen. In the NFC next year, if Aaron is back, I would think that they win their division and, and are one of the teams we're talking about going to the Super Bowl. Where, where did they go with Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers the last two years? Yeah, they won well, a lot of regular season They won games. a lot of games, yeah. and then they lost I mean, in the playoffs. Like I, I think the Ravens are in there, too, and like they don't end up winning in the postseason either. Like I mean, one team wins it. I, it a few teams are in the mix. Lots more on this, obviously, as the show goes along and as the weeks and months ahead unfold. But when we come back, it has not been a typical Tom Brady season. We will tell you what the Bucks quarterback can do over the final six weeks to make us think Tampa is a legit Super Bowl contender. And three years ago, Lamar Jackson was the MVP. Has the Ravens quarterback gotten better since, or has something else changed? We will discuss when we come back on Get Up. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute, but Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. Dell Tech Fest starts now. To thank you for 40 unforgettable years, Dell Technologies is celebrating with anniversary savings on their most popular tech. For a limited time only, save on select next-gen PCs like the XPS 13 Plus, where you can make the everyday easier with Windows 11. Unleash more possibilities with cutting-edge systems, their most advanced features, and great prices. Plus, curate your dream setup with deals on select monitors, mice, and more must-have electronics and accessories. When you shop online at dell.com deals, you'll have access to state-of-the-art technology to match your forward-thinking spirit and free shipping on everything. Anniversary savings await you you for a limited time only at dell.com slash deals that's dell.com slash deals 
Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Back on Get Up, we're going to play Contender Kryptonite. We look at the biggest weaknesses of various NFL contenders. Tim Hasselbeck, what is the Chiefs Kryptonite? I don't know if they have one, to be honest with you. Come on, I you got to give me third card, so I'll give you something. I think if someone has the ability to take away Travis Kelsey, like, and so... I mean, that's way easier said than done. Right. We see what he does versus one-on-one matchups. But I do think you got to find ways where you ended up doubling him. You fool Mahomes. You know, you find a way to steal a possession. But, man, they are so good, and the quarterback's amazing. Bart Scott, idea. what's the 49ers kryptonite? Well, I would have to say maybe if they had Vinny, it's got to be that secondary. You think about, you know, it's not a lot of household names over there. You know, you feel pretty solid about their ability to get to the passer. You know, uh, Warner's a tremendous, you know, plus defender when you talk about one of the best middle linebackers. But I get concerned sometimes with their ability, you know, to, to, to take the ball away on the other side. D'Amico Ryan's doing a tremendous job. Probably is going to be a future head coach sometime soon, but I would say the second. I think you are right about that. Damian Woody, what's the Dolphins' kryptonite? Yeah, I'm gonna, listen, I'm going to actually piggyback off what Bart talking about. Pat, to me, their past defense. We all talk about the Miami Dolphins and in, in their fly, high-flying offense. They can score, you know, score points in bunches, but, you know, when you talk about the getting to the latter part of the year in the playoff, you got to be able to stop people. And I know they traded for Bradley Chubb, but this team is still giving up plays in bunches in, on the back end of their defense, so they need to get that type of if they want to be, you know, one of those teams that we seriously, you know, consider like one of them, you know, teams that can come out of the AFC. Yeah, Dolphins can score with anybody, but can they stop uh, anybody? We'll find out. Looks like somebody shipped a whole bunch of kryptonite down to Tampa uh, over the summer <laughs> because the Bucks are struggling. They have a big divisional game on Monday night wow. against the Saints. The, what do you mean? What are you, wow, they're 5-6. and six. This is Tom Brady. It's supposed to be better, right? 5-6, and six, but thanks to a terrible NFC South, uh, they are still in first place. The final six games for Tampa Bay are tricky. Uh, starts this Monday night, as we mentioned, on ESPN against the Saints. They're just a game and a half behind them. Then you got two games against uh, strong contenders in San Francisco and Cincinnati. Got the Cardinals, the Panthers, and the Falcons to finish it off. So really, it's that next three games. Uh, there's stretch. You see a 49% chance to beat the Cardinals, but you know teams do. Uh, so anyway, Tom Brady is back and playing for the Buccaneers at age 45. And we all expected him to just continue playing well, and he hasn't, and they haven't. So look at those six games. Yeah. They are in first place, even though they're five and six. Mm. What does a successful final six games of the regular season look like for Tom Brady? I think if they can go four and two. So win one out of the next three and then win the final three. So you go four and two. That math is correct, Damien. You're looking at me like it's not. <laughs> no, he got listen, it. Yeah. Boston College hey, math. Hey, hey, listen, Kimbo's not here yeah, today, so but we go, got, yeah. You go four and two over that stretch, and then now all of a sudden you're talking about Tom Brady getting a home playoff game. They win the division. Tom Brady is 21 and five in home playoff games. And you just tell me, like, if you're a team, an NFC team that's going to play a quarterback in the postseason, 
You want to see Geno Smith, Kirk Cousins, Jimmy G. You want to see Tom Brady. So, like, that, that, that to me is the, the successful path. Like, it's been a rough go. But 4-2, win your division, get a home playoff game. Now it's Tom Brady in the postseason. <sighs> you, want a, you want a minute? Well, I, I mean, listen, listen. I, I just think that as much as we, we love and respect Tom Brady, he's obviously the GOAT. These teams are not going to be able to flip the switch and then all of a sudden just, you know, turn into a team that's going to yeah. contend. That's my problem with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers have been way too consistent. And that even goes for the quarterback. Yeah. The quarterback is not playing all that great himself, missing, you know, too many times with his, with his you know, big-time wide receiver, Mike Evans. The defense is inconsistent. They can't put, they can't pass ball. They might, Going to be missing Tristan Wirth for, yeah. for some time. Like, there's, Tampa is a mess right now. And when you're talking about competing with the Phillies and the 49ers and the Cowboys, those teams in, in that conference, I just don't see it. Yeah, they, they did. Remember, they did flip that switch two years ago, coming out of that late bye. But I think people forget. They were playing a lot better than, than they are now. Right, right. They were just a little bit off right. from what we expected. What do you think? And listen, they, I know traditionally, you know, I know what they usually do, but the Saints aren't an easy out, right? They, they oh, still they play, play defensively. Defense. <laughs> yeah. The Saints, you're saying as bad as we played if I'm the Saints, if I win this game, I'm right there. I'm a half game back. I mean, this division is a mess. And you look at the last game against the Atlanta Falcons. Atlanta Falcons should have won the first game. I just think this isn't their year. And it's crazy because they have everything the same but the head coach. And I hate to throw everything on Todd Bowles, but you look at, he has Godwin back. They went out and got Russell Gage. Forsett's still there. They said, talk about run it all back, but they forget that, you know, sometimes when people are full, they're not hungry, right? And, and it's the same cast of characters, except for Gronk. They shouldn't be this bad. Hmm. But let me ask you this, though. You saw their schedule. Can they go four and two? Can they win those last three games? Yeah, but they can lose the first three. Yeah, no, I get it. But so they, they, if they win one of those, and then I would ask you, if you were an NFC team, would you want to see him? In the yeah, I, I would. I would. You would want to see him. I would want that smoke. Because they're going to win. Because I'm like, he's a sitting duck. So you'd rather see yes. him. Yes. Than, than a 45 year old Tom Brady in the pocket. He, he, I know exactly where he at with probably I his mean, left listen, tackle. I think these. I think look. I think all these other quarterbacks are good too. But like, I'm just saying, like you, you still you get into the postseason. And you're like, all right, like you got the Vikings and Kirk Cousins with a first-year head coach. You want him or you want Brady? Let's just die. I got. I get. It. Okay. I was, exci- right. I was okay. excited. Nice I was excited to get Peyton. I mean, he won Damian a Super Bowl, man. <laughs> yeah, that was. You see, you see, that was damn near the 1900s. You, you, basically, <laughs> that was damn near the 1900s. Why does he got to be like that? He always. Well, because he, he knows. When, when, when Whitty got, when Whitty got, there's always, always some beef going on. Yeah. 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 Let these two hash it out. In the meantime, I'm going to do uh, some basketball. We had NBA action uh, last night, uh, and it was uh, it was the Celtics taking on the Heat. And there were some uh, VIPs in attendance. You got Prince William and Princess Kate courtside for Heat Celtics. They overdressed, but that's you know, their royalty. It's how they dress. Anyway, Jason Tatum pulls up from deep and he hits the three. Celtics up by eight. Two minutes later, Celtics now up by just two. Tatum drives. He lays it in. Plus the foul. Tatum has 41 points after three. Prince William and Princess Kate are like, this guy's amazing. Who's better than him? I've never seen a player like this. Fourth quarter, Celtics now up 123-117. Tatum still knocking down the triple, inspired by the presence of royalty. Celtics lead by nine. A minute later, Celtics looking to pull away. It's Tatum, of course, one more time from deep. Princess Kate, Prince William approved. They're going to go get a Tatum jersey. Back home. Nobody's going to know what they're talking about. 
but uh, Tatum with a big night in front of the Royals. Does Patrick Mahomes have a Bengals problem? After a pair of losses to Cincinnati last year, including in the AFC title game, is this week a must-win for Kansas City? We'll talk about it when we come back. Delicious, meat nutritious, and the snack that packs a real protein punch. Wonderful pistachios, one of the highest protein nuts out there. Each one-ounce serving has 6 grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Wonderful pistachios also come in a variety of flavors and sizes, perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go. And you're on the go a lot, taking the kids to school, hopping from meeting to meeting, shopping for groceries. Well, the good news is, not only are wonderful pistachios a complete protein, providing all all nine essential amino acids, they're also great for all your adventures. So whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut, or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Back on Get Up and playing a game of either or. Bart Scott, who has more touchdown receptions this weekend? Travis Kelsey or Jamar Chase? Mm, I'm going to go with Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey is a touchdown-making machine. We know in the red zone he comes to life. They got so many other plays for him, rather shovel passes, reverses. Andy Reid does a great job in giving him the ball in the red zone. He hasn't shown any signs of slowing down. I think he can play to his 50. Big AFC Championship game rematch in Cincinnati this weekend. Damian Woody, who will have more passing yards in that game? Patrick Mahomes. Joe Burrow. Yeah, I'm going to go with Patrick Mahomes. Listen, if we talk about you know the array of weapons. It seems like you know Patrick Mahomes is is the ultimate you know distributor of the ball or, or you know on the field right now. We all know about Travis Kelsey, but his ability to to play outside of the outside of the X's and O's and get the ball to all his playmakers, I think he's going to do it again against the Cincinnati Bengals. We are going to talk about that game in a minute. Big game, as I mentioned. Tim Hasselbeck, who will have more passing yards this week? Russell Wilson or Lamar Jackson? Lamar Jackson. I think we'll be a little rough on Lamar, and I think that when you look at Russell Wilson, I mean, it's been a disaster. And you know, you guys love Nathaniel Hack getting the job he's doing. Oh. <laughs> the fact of the matter is, That's short look, I, I'm going Lamar uh, here on this one. I think it's pretty easy. Yeah, Russell Wilson is just not having the kind of year that makes him the answer to any question like that. So, uh, going with Lamar. You know, we've talked about Lamar a lot. Uh, he's in his contract year, didn't get the extension done before the season started. Uh, his MVP year was 2019, three years ago. Remember, he had 43 touchdowns, eight turnovers, led the Ravens to the highest scoring offense. They averaged 33 points a game that year. But since then, the Ravens have not scored like that. Uh, their scoring has gone down significantly, almost a touchdown per game less. 
And last season, Jackson had 18 touchdowns, 16 turnovers. So I was wondering, you know, this is a guy that three years ago busts out and wins MVP. And he's obviously an electrifying player and wonderful to watch and all that. But in the three years that have happened since then, I feel like we've been having the same conversation about mm -hmm. this guy. So I'm wondering, what do you think about Lamar Jackson, Damian? Like, is he a better player now? Is he a worse player now? Like, how is he different than he was when he was MVP? I think the cast around him is not as good. Uh, and that's quite on. That's being being real. I think the one thing about when they when they kind of implemented this this whole offense around Lamar, like the one staple, like their offensive line, and they were one of the best units in the National Football League. They were smashing people up front. Yeah. And I think when you watch the Ravens now, the level of physicality up front with the Ravens is just not there. They don't have that that dominant unit up front because so much of their their offense is like like because Lamar Jackson is such a great athlete it's smoke and mirrors but you also they also had the physicality up front they're missing that aspect of their of their offense and I think it's 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 causing Lamar to have to do put more on his shoulders to compensate. I mean to to, to Damon's point you know and I I got in trouble from the brass of the Ravens I got a call from the big man. You know, when I said that Hollywood Brown wasn't the number one, that he wouldn't be in somebody's top 15 receiver in this league. And we see every great quarterback in this league has a guy. I mean, we talk about Burrow. He has two guys, <laughs> three guys, right? Yeah. You talk about, listen, I know you can say Patrick Mahomes. He has a great tight end, but he has a, another good cast of characters. Lamar Jackson is throwing a Demarcus Robinson, who wasn't even you know, on, a, on, on anybody's roster starting, and Devin DuVernay. I mean, what do you expect? Right, guys that you need guys that can separate. You know, right now the, the, the wide receiver position is one of the most important positions, even more important than a running back, because now this game is about spreading you out and throwing throwing the ball in space. And you talk about it, well, his offensive line isn't the same. Marshall Yonda retired since that time. Yeah, and also Ronnie Staley, their hundred million dollar ill left tackle, has been injured for the last two years. And okay, they shipped uh, Orlando Brown Jr. Kansas to City. Kansas City. City right. So, of course. So, I mean, I think it's unfair for us to be able to evaluate Lamar Jackson, who he is. I want to see what Lamar Jackson is when he has a, a, a wide receiver to go with Andrews because they double Andrews and take him away late in games, and he has nobody that's a difference maker on the other side, on the outside. Just He's throwing it to Sean Jackson, man. He's, like, older than me. Just to clarify real quickly, who from the Ravens called you when you said that about Hollywood Brown? You said the big man. The big man. It's only one big man. Who's the biggest man of the Ravens? Is it like the coach, the owner? Like, you're going to make my key code not work, man. Well, you, you brought it up. So yeah. I, I think I, but I, let, but I left it out there. He's you know not going to tell us. What do you got on Lamar Jackson? Well, I agree with the guys in terms of, like, the talent around him hasn't gotten better. And we look at all these other quarterbacks that are improving, I think it's easy to find where, you know, that talent is. I think the big thing I would say is this. I think the expectations have also changed. Like Lamar, there was all this discussion about, hey, can he play in the NFL? Will this type of system work in the NFL long-term, more than just one game? And, and so I think like that was the discussion. Now it's, hey, is this guy worth $50 million a year, fully guaranteed on a long-term contract? I think part of it, too, is like he's actually a better player than he was when he first started. Mm -hmm. But our expectations of what it should look like each and every week have also changed. The team's success is different. And I would just say this to Damian's point about, you know, the offensive line, the physicality of that type of thing. When they first started running the stuff that they're running, and you know this is a defender, when the quarterback runs the football and you have the ability to throw it as well, the plus one advantage you get, mm -hmm. the angles mm -hmm. you get for offensive linemen, yeah. because there is somebody in the box that you're not blocking, it changes. And it, like, it looked different when 11, Baltimore 11. was doing it. You know where it looks different right now? Philadelphia. Mm. Well, why? 
it's like, yeah, they got a quarterback that can do that stuff, but they also have guys up front that are giving, getting movement, and now the plus one advantage. And, by the way, yes, exactly right. Two dudes, Two on, the dudes outside. on the outside. Amazing how many times it comes down to the offensive line, isn't it? I've been telling you for years. They're just trying to be nice because the I, veiled shot I took I, that You moment. know, I know y'all get tired of me preaching to the choir, man, so I'm just going to chill. Keep, hey. pre- keep preaching, Dick and do wrong. Yeah. <laughs> There's a big game this weekend in Cincinnati between two teams that have completely rebuilt their offensive lines over the last couple of off-seasons. That is the Cincinnati Bengals hosting the Kansas City Chiefs. Bengals beat them twice last season, including in the AFC Championship game in Kansas City. And this week, obviously, Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow were asked all about that. Here's what they had to say. I don't know if it, if it means more. Um, I think you got to keep stuff in perspective. Uh, it's a brand-new football season. Uh, obviously, anytime that someone beats you the year before, you want to beat them, especially in a game like they beat us in to, to go to the Super Bowl. We're really confident in ourselves. You know, we're, we, have, we feel like we can beat – any team in the league, and we've proven that. So uh, we're not going to go out and be scared of anybody. We're, we're going to go out and play our game. Look, the Chiefs are great. They're rolling toward the one seed. But if you're the Chiefs and the memory of that last season is fresh in your mind, Damian Woody, do you, for just for your own mental sake, do you need to win this game? Yeah, listen, I, I do, yes. I'm going to say yes because, listen, last year – it's hard to sweep a team. It's hard to beat a team twice, two times in one season. Cincinnati Bengals did that to the Kansas City Chiefs. Don't think that don't play in, you know, fo- I always say football is psychological. Part of the game is psychological. Don't think that that stuff doesn't play into the psyche of the Kansas City Chiefs, no matter how good they are. They got all these great players. But when a team beats you that, that you know, beats you twice, that's something. And I'll, ref- I'll go to this as well. When I was with New England, we, you know, we could never beat Miami in Miami. Never. We could. We just couldn't do. We just couldn't beat Miami in Miami. It wasn't until my last year in New England we finally beat the Miami Dolphins down in Miami, and it was such a weight lifted off of everybody's back when we finally got that one done. I'm not. I don't know if it's to that extent with the Kansas City Chiefs, but when a team sweeps you, it says something. What do you think? Styles make fights, right? And I think just the matchup is, you know they're able to match up differently than most teams because they have two of the best safeties in the game. And only Buffalo can match up the same. When you think about Bates and you think about, uh, you think about Bates and Von Bell, they're able to play at such a high level that it forces Kansas City to be patient. They don't give up those huge plays, and they keep everything in front of them. But then on the flip side, you know, earlier you asked, you know, asked you know, Matt, you, I'm sorry, Tim. You know, no. Yeah, my bad. You, you, Bert. <laughs> you, 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 you asked him. You asked him what was the. You asked. You asked him what the kryptonite of Kansas of, uh, of Kansas City was. Yeah. And you know, I would say their defense. Their defense doesn't play at a high level, and because Joe Cool is the same type of quarterback as Holmes, he's able to put up points and continue to put pressure on on Patrick. I apologize. Listen, I think you're all good. You're not the first or last to do it. Hey, in all seriousness, like, I, I think that there are some elements of, man, like, get the monkey off your back. Like, we see it. Like, I feel like we saw when the Bills beat Kansas City this year, that you would have thought they won the Super Bowl. Right. You know? I, I think there are teams that have that type of, man, can we get over the hump against that yeah. team? And, you know, you experienced it with Miami. Like, I just don't feel like that's Kansas City with the Bengals. I, I just – I don't feel like they – Look at the Cincinnati Bengals as a team that, like, man, we can't get past them. Man, like, we have no answer for them. Like, I, 
I just don't think Kansas City looks at them like that. Like, and I get it. Like, Kansas City's had their number. I, I get, but I don't feel like they are in the Chiefs' head. And I, like, I feel like if the Chiefs end up beating them, they'll be like, yep, got another win. But, but if, if they if, lose, then what? Even if Now, listen, I, if they lost and then saw them again in the postseason, like, I might feel differently. I just don't feel like we're at that level yet. Even, really, if they, even if they don't fear them, which I, I agree with you, I don't think they do. Like, is there residual sort of anger about at a team that ended your season? Does that carry through know. at all? Maybe it's the way I see Andy Reid coach. Like, there's yeah. just such a relaxed nature of how Andy coaches – like, remember last year when they were turning the football over and he was like, yeah, look, I know how I coach, how we protect the football. I know how we pre- coach offense. We've been doing it a long time. Like, what we do works. Like, I'm good, man. Like, we're going to be fine. Like, yeah. I, this, he has this nature about him that I think the team absorbs. And a whole lot of uh, experience to back it up. We got to pick this game. Who would we like? Hasselbeck is alone with the Chiefs. How about that? I was a little worried about picking. See, like you guys all think they're in their head. I don't, you know. No, I mean, I just know that defense is wacky. I, D. I just think that the, the Bengals are the one team in the AFC that people don't want to play. Like they're they're peaking at the right time. I was at their game in, in Nashville this weekend, and they walked off that field. They they were feeling real good about themselves, and I, I think that too. does carry uh, over to this week. This is the uh, fourth annual Big 12 Big East battle. We're going to have two games for you tonight. Number seven, Creighton, takes on number two, Texas, at seven Eastern, six Central. Then, number nine, Kansas, hosts Seton Hall. Both those games are on ESPN and the ESPN app. On Christmas Eve, the Cowboys and Eagles will square off in what looks like it's going to be a huge game in the NFC East. Will Dallas roll through their next three games ahead of that matchup? We will tell you when we come back. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Hey, let's play a game of fact or fiction. Damian Woody, the Dolphins, will win the AFC East. Fact or fiction? I'm going fiction here. I think, listen, we all we all know that they can score, score with anybody in the National Football League, but that defense uh, leaves a lot to be desired. They still got a lot of, a lot of things on that defense, particularly that secondary that they need to fix. Still got to play the Buffalo Bills, who's one of the best teams in the National Football League. So I'm leaning, leaning toward Buffalo winning the AFC East. Tim Hasselbeck, Jimmy Garoppolo can lead the 49ers to the Super Bowl again. Fact or fiction? I think 
it's fact. Look, it's a really good football team, both sides of the ball. It's not all dependent on him. Seen him do it before in the past. In the NFC, might not be some unbearable path for the Niners. So, yeah, I think I think he can do it. We've seen him do it before. Bart Scott, Dak Prescott needs the Cowboys to sign Odell Beckham Jr. for him. Fact or fiction? That's fiction to me, I think. Remember when Odell got signed with the Rams last year, early on before Robert Woods got got hurt, it was it was awkward. You know, they were forcing Matthew was forcing the ball to him in turnovers. And because Robert Woods got injured, then he started to emerge. I think, you know, we don't know what he's going to be coming off the second um, ACL. I, I just don't think he needs it. Could hurt Michael Gallup and his development. Yeah, interesting to follow this. Uh, Odell's visiting the Giants today, the Bills tomorrow, and the Cowboys next week. We may have some clarity on this soon. Cowboys' next four games could see them make a big push for that NFC East title. The next three specifically seem like winnable games against AFC South opponents that are all at least three games under 500. And then if they get through that stretch, put them at 11-3, entering a Christmas Eve showdown at home against the Eagles. And that is a game in which our analytics have Dallas favored. 70%. Not just favored, but sort of heavily It's like likely. So, all right. But, all right. So three weeks from now, we'll be sitting here and be like, hey, let's pick the Cowboys-Eagles game, right? And at this point, you'd probably, you might pick the Eagles if they were playing this week. But what would you have to see from the Cowboys, Bart? In the next three weeks, to make you change, to make you pick them in that game, I need to see them clean up their act. I need to see more discipline. I need to see them not get untimely penalties, procedure penalties. I, I need to see them not get holding penalties. I need to say, see them play. And we've been saying this about the Cowboys, seemingly for the last three seasons under Mike McCarthy. We want to see them be more disciplined and have better clock management and look like a professional outfit. They're talented, yes, they are, but sometimes they get reckless and recklessness in the postseason. And when you're trying to make the dash for the cash, can be highly costly. What are you looking for out of the Cowboys? I don't know that I'm going to see anything from them. And I think Bart, Bart's right about all that stuff. Like playing at a high level, you know, is what, and, and you know, playing like we see good teams play is the key. But like, I don't think there's anything I'm going to see for, to change my opinion of them from now to three weeks from now, where I'm like, okay, they've got an answer for Jalen Hurts. What is your opinion? You know, you know, but you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. I think they're a really good football team. I, I think that. Um, you know, we see good football teams close games out. They win games with their backup quarterback. Like, I think they are a good, really good football team. My only thing is, like, I see Philadelphia right now, and I kind of alluded to it earlier. Like, I see Philadelphia right now, and, like, I don't know how people really feel like they have an answer for their offense. I think people are on their heels dealing with Philadelphia offensively because they don't hold up in one-on-one situations with those receivers. They don't have an answer in the run game. When they do have an answer in the run game, they're not running it. You know, like, I just feel like they, like, I don't know that I'm going to learn anything about Dallas in these next couple games to be like, yep, that's why I think they're going to beat Philadelphia. That's why that likely to win, you know, that, that surprised me because I don't know that they will be likely to win. I, I think for me it's like I need to see consistency across the board, consistency by Kellen Moore, knowing what his identity is on offense. This team, to me, they're at their best – running through the offense line running game. When, when, when that aspect is going, then Dak plays better, in my opinion. Defensively, I know what they're going to be defensively. They're an attacking unit. They're going to get smother the quarterback. They're going to do all of that. But I need to see consistent sticking to the identity of the Dallas Cowboys. Don't try to get cute. Don't try to get fancy. Stick to what you, what's your strength and what's the winning formula in Dallas. And to, to answer your question about Philly, they need, to t- they need to tighten up that run defense. Yeah, that run defense is a problem. 
That, 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 if, they need to tighten that up. They, if, if they tighten that up, then I think, I think Philly is, a, is, is in a different level. But until then... Yeah, we're going to see how tight... We're going to see how tight it is this week when they go against King Henry. Remember, in the last couple tight. weeks, they added Linville Joseph, they added Dominican Sue to the middle of that defensive line. Yeah. So they know they have to do something yeah. about that aspect of their defense. We have a new segment now called Quick Picks. We are going to get through some of these games quickly. And the first one is, uh, which team, this is not games, this is a question, which team will have more NFC East titles in the next five years? If I told you it's got to be the Eagles or the Cowboys, what would you say? Let, let's let's show the picks. We'll see what everybody said in answer to this question. Next five. Wow. Sweet. Unanimous. Quarterback's not making a ton of money. He can support true. him. Yeah. yeah. Well, His extension so eligible this offseason, though. Yeah, exactly. He could get a big contract this offseason. Why'd you pick the Eagles? I mean, because of how he's done a tremendous job in working the draft, right? He has two first-round draft picks yeah. this week. Now they found their quarterback. They can replace a Kelsey. They can replace a Graham. They can go out and go get some high-end young talent and keep that uh, salary cap low. So I pick him that. I pick him because of that reason. I, I, for me, it's, again, it's a front office. Howie Roseman. He's a guy that he knows how to draft, and he's aggressive when he knows he needs something, needs additional parts to that team. They got to me. Top to bottom, they got the best roster in the league. They actually already have an answer at center for when Kelsey goes. You know what I mean? Like, like that, that's not I mean. Yeah, they drafted the guy in the second <laughs> yeah. round. Right, yeah. So, yeah, where we go? Yeah. So go get Will Anderson. Uh, there we go. Yeah. yeah. All right. <laughs> able to. Our next quick pick question. Who would you want at quarterback for the next 10 years? Mm. Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, or Tua Tunga Bailoa? Oh, look at the two of disrespect. They're going to be upset down there in Miami. <laughs> Tim, why are you on Herbert? Listen, I, I just look at, uh, you know, Burrow, who's already had a significant injury. Um, he might even be older than, a little bit older than Herbert. I believe that he is. I, and Herbert's physical ability, we're talking about a decade of playing, yeah. right? And I just, Herbert's physical ability is the only guy on, you know, that we're talking about this, that physically is on par with Allen and Mahomes. Mm-hmm. And so it's, you know, for those reasons. And I do think, look, Burrow's great, but part of what's going to happen is Jamar Chase is going to eventually reset the wide receiver market. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know that you can, I don't know that you can do that and keep Burrow when he resets the quarterback market. Because he will do that. He Higgins will already be gone. I, I just think that team is going to look, like it's going to look drastically different in the near future. Well, Counterpoint. This guy took the Cincinnati Bengals to the Super Bowl in his second year. The Bengals, right. the Bengals. And, and, and that's what I'm saying. Herbert lacks that component. Yeah. He hasn't been able to win the big games. He, you know, he can't beat Mahomes. Well, it's, you know, beating Mahomes for Burroughs just a Tuesday, right? So you look at it. I'm looking at. I'm looking at Burroughs closer. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is closer to Burroughs' physical ability than he is to Herbert, right? So a lot of times we talk about the greatest to ever do it is not a great athlete. Right? You know, great player, great talent is a different thing for him. I think Burrow's a great winner. I, Herbert hasn't proven that yet. I, I think, listen, people don't understand how hard it is to basically lift up an inept franchise. Like, Cincinnati was just totally inept. And one guy comes in and just elevates the whole thing, transforms the whole thing. Two years. In two years. Yeah, right, well, exactly. Well, it's the 1980s. Right. Uh, Anyway, Herbert, by the way, is younger than Burrow, and this is a great question. And I don't know about you guys, but in terms of Tua, like the health concerns are a little bit for me. Was that part of your reasoning for not not picking him? Yeah, just look. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. listen, ten years is a long time. I'm also lucky. He's one hit away from being Pat White and going to play baseball. Well, well, hopefully that doesn't uh, that doesn't happen. Tomorrow, (laughs) 
<laughs> We're going to just move on. Tomorrow, our NBA doubleheader on ESPN. Ignore that. And the app has LeBron and the Lakers against Giannis and the Bucks. <laughs> We're not supposed to be laughing, I don't think. 6.30 Central, 4.30 Pacific, with Stephen A's telecast on ESPN2. Then it's Steph and the Warriors hosting DeMar DeRozan and the Bulls. Our coverage tips off with NBA Countdown at 7 on ESPN and the app. Uh, coming up, yeah, we got another hour here. Coming up, Josh Allen has gotten the, the better of the Patriots recently. Will that trend continue tonight? Or does Bill Belichick have something up his sleeve for the Bills? We'll talk about that ahead on Get Up. <laughs>